passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the long and winding railroad. My name is W.H. Park, and uh, for those of you watching the video of this, you can probably tell who my, my co-host is today. It's it's one John Pollock making his L&WRR debut here. John, how are you? I'm doing well, W.H. Thank you for the invite. This was uh, months in the making when you uh, re- reached out to me, so I'm glad that we can uh, sit down and, and, do, and do this show. It has been a, a long and winding royal road for us to get here. Yes, it has been. And uh, I wanted to save this particular match for you because like, it's one of my favorite matches. And, and you're one of my favorite people to talk talk to about anything about pro wrestling, but it, it, as well as just life in general. So I thought, who can do this show with me? And I thought top of my list was you, John. John Pollock is, is my number one choice to talk about this particular match. And we'll talk about what this match is in a second. Uh, this is episode 24 of the long and winding railroad. And, and normally we do have um, a biography episode in these slots, but I bumped it for this match for, for this guest, because it's, uh, it's also because as of today, John, the day we're recording, we're actually recording this, not the day we're releasing it. Yes. The day we're recording it is the actual 27th anniversary of this particular match. And uh, for those of you who are wondering what the date is that we're recording, this, it's June 9th. Uh, 2022. So, but the match we're going to talk about is from June 9th, 1995. It's the classic tag team title match between Mitsuhara Masawa and Kenna Kobashi, who are the current, uh, who are the current champions at the time, the tag team champions at the time, and they're taking on their arch rivals for these titles, and that would be the Holy Demon Army of Toshaki Kawada and Akira Tawe. But uh, just so people know, the the biography episodes are going to come back. We got, I got three more that I would like to do. So we're just going to bump it for, for this particular episode and they'll, the biography episodes will come back in the future. Don't worry about that. But uh, John, before, before we get started about, with the match, I want to ask you, what, what was your, what's your history as a fan of this era of all Japan pro wrestling? Well, as, as someone like following this stuff, it certainly wasn't until several years later that I was like fully into um, sending away for tapes and and first getting to see a, a lot of these uh, names that I was reading about in all the different magazines. I guess that would have been my introduction around like 1996 and learning about Masawa, learning about Hashimoto when um, j- just through all the after mags and stuff like that. That was kind of my introduction to it. And then it wasn't until several years later when I started uh, buying tapes that I believe one of the first I got was a Masawa Kawada compilation tape. So um, that was one of my introductions to them, at least uh, watching them. And then uh, w- with the advent of the internet, uh, being able to find a lot of these 
uh, pre-YouTube. So finding stuff on services like Kazaa and places where you could just uh, download video files. And that was sort of uh, my, my entry point into it. But a lot of it was just reading about them before I even got to see any matches from them. So what was your impression when you first got to see actually put like, you know, images and, and like footage to these names that you've been reading about? What was your first impression? Because the style of most Japanese wrestling is very different from North American wrestling. But I, I do think that, you know, um, all Japan pro wrestling from this era really stands out uh, away from even like the New Japan heavyweight stuff. And, and I, you know, the only thing that I can compare as being as unique as like this would be like the new Japan junior heavyweight stuff, right? Um, which are the two things that I love the most from this era. But what was your, what was your impression when you finally got to see Misawa and Kawada and, and Kobashi and Tawe and Stan Hansen and all these other people that you've been reading about? Uh, well, I mean, certainly it's like a, a, uh, just a culture shock when you're watching. And it's it's funny that, it, you know, so much is put on, not so much modern day, but historically talking about like the Japanese crowds. And to me, that was always something that was so, it was like the opposite. It's like these crowds are just losing their minds at the at the peak of these matches that elevate them to such a greater level. And, and you're like, I was instantly hooked with like all of this there to me, wasn't like some big learning curve or adapting from like kind of a, a North American perspective. Uh, I, I just remember immediately being really just blown away um, by, by this level of stuff. And it probably would have been more so the junior heavyweight stuff that I, I first saw before seeing some of like your, your Masawas and Kawadas and, and Kobashis that we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, Thing, and a lot of it was probably like like O'Grady's stuff as well. Like I was going there before I was like ordering tapes and stuff and Mouth was doing all those compilation tapes himself that I, I got a couple of. So those were probably the first ones I actually saw before I ever like got onto high spots and was ordering stuff. Yeah, Dan the Mouth Lomransky is the gateway to, to Japanese for wrestling for many, many people, including myself. So, you know, shout out to, to he, Mouth He there. was finding stuff just in the city. He had like these like grocery shops and stuff and like video stores that would get Japanese stuff, just like small, like hole in the wall kind of places and would just be able to get all of this stuff. And I mean, it, it sounds like uh, just totally foreign if you're just a modern fan, but in like the late nineties, early two thousands, so like it was, it, you didn't really have too many people, especially like in your area that had access to, to the stuff. You had to really be going the extra mile to be, tracking some of this stuff down if you didn't have uh you know all, all of these like tape trading connections exactly like there you you need to depend on like you know the japanese food grocery store that might may may or not be in your particular neighborhood you might have to travel like no you know some like an hour by ttc somewhere oh this is the corner that that mouth talked about this is the place where he gets it but like or you can just get let mouth get it and then may have him make you tape of it you know, down, down the line. I, I imagine Toronto having like this one shop and then it like in a different like uh, time and place, like the two of you not knowing one another are both like grabbing for the same tape at the, at the exact same time, not knowing that you would come into existence with one another years later. Maybe it's quite possible. Definitely. Both reaching for that, uh, that, that Otani compilation. That's right. Um, but I, I wanted to, to also like, just kind of ask your impressions of the style the style of, of all Japan pro wrestling at the time, because like it must've been, I would assume just really a, a kind of an eye-opening experience to see like the kind of like stiffness, 
the bumps that they, these guys were taking, because e- even in the, in the 90s, you, you kind of didn't really get that. It's not until like the 2000s, really, that we see this kind of migrating over to North American wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I had a, a different reaction than most. Like, it, it, it blows you away. It was incredibly captivating. I would say as, as the years have gone on, I, I think it's, it's tougher to, to watch just knowing, like, uh, the damage that a lot uh, of them were undergoing. And I think, you know, with Masawa, like, that, that's such a hard part to kind of uh, rationalize. But um, th- the fan side of it, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be uh, compelled by this and sort of, like, we're going to go into, like, the depths of this, like, this being one of the all-time great classic examples of it, of when you would have um, – kind of like that fighting spirit and uh, culminating with a sold out Budokan hall that are just on their feet. Just, it was uh, impossible not to be captivated by it. And, and at a style that you're, you're almost taught is like completely different from the product you're, you're seeing at the time. And the WWF was kind of uh, evolving its product at that time. And with the, the insertion of your, your Benoit's and, Eddie's and Kurt Angle's like certainly the in-ring style of the WWF was going through a bit of a renaissance in in 2000 but prior to that like if you're just following throughout the 90s yeah this is going to um just be if if that's your frame of reference this is going to just throw you into a completely different universe I do remember when they did that well I forget which pay-per-view it was but it was like Bret Hart versus the Patriot and they just were able to get all this footage from from Giant Baba to put on a WWE right. to, to talk about the background of the Patriot. And I remember, I remember Jeff Merrick and, and Mouth talking about it on, on the law. Like they, they were freaking out. I never thought I'd see June Akiyama and, and Ken Kobashi on WWE television. And, and that, that to me, I think was, is an oddly enough, a, a, probably a, maybe a gateway for many, many people to be introduced to like seeing images of all Japan for wrestling at that time. Yeah, I, I would say like a similar one was when they got like the like the King of the Deathmatch footage to for for Mick Foley and uh, like I had a, had a friend who just saw it through that and sought out to find like the IWA King of the Deathmatch tape and and track it down. So I think like there was a certain appeal to seeing different like remember like if you are just watching through a WWF uh, frame frame of mind like it wasn't acknowledging any other wrestling is out there beyond WWF. So when something different would show up on their television. I, I think it did stick with you a bit more because of these closed borders WWF tended to have throughout most of its history. Yeah. They, they oddly enough had some kind of like very positive relationship with giant Baba in, in around this time with like, you know, Bradshaw and Wyndham going to mm-hmm. do a real world tag league and, and things like that. And just being able to you know get footage from all Japan to promote the Patriot and things like that. But but let's talk about this match, John. It's uh it's it's very famously referred to by its date, 6995. And if you say that to a wrestling fan who who follows Japanese pro wrestling, pro wrestling they're gonna know, oh, it's Misawa Kobashi versus Kawada Tawe for the All Japan World Tag Team titles at Budokan Hall. Um for for many people it's not only just the greatest tag team match of all time, but for many people, will, they will consider this the greatest professional wrestling match in in their opinions. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like for me, it's the greatest match I've ever seen. It's it's definitely in the conversation, uh, but it, it is probably the greatest tag match I have ever seen in in uh, in my life. Watching a lot of pro, pro wrestling, and I love tag team wrestling, so I I will definitely try to seek out as much tag team wrestling as I can, especially if it gets ready for view. So 
I can remember the first time I saw this and just appreciating just the work alone, just the work alone. But when you are able to like nowadays just dive into like people, other people writing about it and you can get more background, it, it makes watching this a lot more fulfilling. Uh, it enriches the experience, I feel. And so that's kind of why I wanted to do this with you. I want to kind of like give a background of this match. And so when people like listen to this, uh, after watching it, and maybe they'll go back and watch it again, knowing some of the information that they may or may not have uh, been aware of before. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wanted to ask you the, like the first time you, you watched this, like when that was, and I, I imagine you, you came away with it. Like, was it, uh, uh, at what point are you watching this? And it's, it separates itself from some of the other combinations of the four. I, I think I probably watched this probably in like 99 when right. I'm like getting lots of tapes from from mouth and from other sources of of just of all, all Japan stuff. I don't think I really started to fully appreciate the difference between all Japan and New Japan until that around that time. I I, I a lot of it's a blur to be quite honest with you. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the matches I'm watching uh, because I'm I'm in the learning curve at that point of okay, there is this style that's like these matches are longer than what I'm used to watching. There is you know, a, a deeper level of storytelling in these matches that what I'm used to. So I don't, maybe I don't appreciate it as much as I would like, you know, starting, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. That's mm-hmm. when I'm like, okay, this is, I get it now. This is why these matches are, are much longer than what I'm used to seeing and things like that. So uh, for, for me, like when I really start to appreciate this match, I would say it would be maybe like 10 years ago. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, everyone's talking about it on the internet. I got to watch this again. It's probably I hadn't watched it in a long time. And then I'm just like, okay. And then I'm reading the background of this match, the stories that, that are leading up to this match. And like, oh my God, that's right. That's that, 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 that fills in. And I, but at that time, I'm also like, okay, I know about the, the rivalry between Kawada and Misawa. This is like, you know, the, the driving point of like, you know, a lot of things that have been happening in, in Japanese wrestling at that time. All, you know, and then I don't know, a, a more famous, Japanese professional wrestling rivalry than Masao and Kawada that not in New Japan, not in FMW, not in Dragon Gate, whatever. Like this is, this is the rivalry and has been for a, a long, long time. So to me, it's like, that's the main thrust of this story. And we're going to talk about this. There's kind of quite, quite a few stories going into this and we're going to talk about the there, background. There's a lot. And I think that's what you can so appreciate about this is that it's kind of what I look for in kind of any kind of wrestling is that, on its base level, it's an unbelievable match, athletically, dramatically, that you can watch this cold, having no affiliation with any of these four, and I think you can appreciate it very significantly on that level. And then, when you go into the backstories and the histories, that's only going to make this for a more enriching experience. But to me, it's like, as long you can you can watch it on all those different levels, including the baseline show this to somebody. I think they'll come away and be like, I don't know who these four are, but that was spectacular at this, what, what they were trying to present. So one of the first storylines we're going to talk about is the rise of Ken Kobashi. And in this time period of 1995, he's starting to come out of the shadow of, of Misawa. He's definitely come out of the shadow of Kawada, who was originally a member of the super generation army, but he left to team with Tawe with the, with the retirement of Jumbo Saruta. So now instead of being Masao's main tag partner, 
Kawada is now Masao's main rival, teaming with their former enemy in Akira Tawe. So now Kenikobashi, he's like, he was third on the totem pole of the Super Generation Army. That's the faction that Masawa, Kawada, and Kobashi are all members of. So now he's number two. He's now Masawa's main tag partner. He, he has held the World Tag titles previously with Masawa and had many classic matches with, with Kawada and Tawe for those belts, along with other teams in, in, in all Japan at the time. But he is now like now getting the rocket strapped to him by Jan Baba. The, the promoter and booker of all Japan for wrestling. He famously lost, I forget how many, like all his like first year matches, he, he lost like for two years in a row or something like that until finally Baba said, okay, I'm ready to finally give this guy a push. He's going to be with Super Generation Army. He's going to get team with uh, Suyoshi Kikuchi. They're going to hold the all age tags. Okay, I got to move Kawada into a different position in the company. And now Kobashi is going to be Masao's second. And, and that's a great position to have in 1995 because Masao has just been cemented as the ace of all Japan for wrestling to be his tag team partner. You're going to get tons of main events, particularly at Budokan Hall, which is their main, you know, super show uh, base of operations. And also, also, and I will, uh, I will give the plug out to check all of the, uh, the biography episodes of the long and winding world road that WH has done. But I, I always really find it fascinating, like the 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 sliding doors um, potential of you have Kobashi who repeatedly tries to get into the All Japan Dojo before he finally gets in. And then you have Kawada that was almost recruited to come to All Japan when he was trying to go to, to New Japan and just how history is different if they go different paths or for a Kobashi uh, doesn't get into uh, the All Japan Dojo, which uh, tells you of just... Um, the the rigorous kind of vetting process of just getting into the dojo. Yeah, it's it's Kawada. It's it's really interesting because I think he could have probably gotten into the New Japan dojo. I don't think he would have gotten the same kind of push in 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 New Japan that he would that he eventually did in in all Japan. But yeah, again, who knows? History might might have proved me wrong if that if we were part of that ultimate reality. Well, we know what we wouldn't have gotten. And like to, to imagine, you know, uh, with uh, Kawada and Masawa on different sides, it's like maybe they, they would have met in like certain scenarios. But I mean, we know what wouldn't have happened. And it's it's one of those, you know, million what if questions. Definitely. So for, for Kobashi, his most significant kind of like singles match was a 60 minute draw he had with Kawada on January 19th of, of 1995. So about, about four or five months before this particular match has happened. So he's established that he's, you know, he's on a level with Kawada. He can't beat him, but Kawada couldn't beat him in the 60-minute match. The, the next story we have involves uh, Dynamic T, Akira Tawe, uh, mainly a person that a lot of people think of as the, the, the less or the least of the four pillars. I don't agree with that. I think they all have their equal merits with one another. But, you know, 1995 was a really good year for Tawe. I, I would uh, say his biggest. Yeah. His big, yeah, definitely. So he, earlier in the year, he nearly beat Masawa in the finals of the Champions Carnival. Uh, and the, he did this mainly by targeting Masawa's uh, left eye and and damaging uh, his, his orbital bone. And this plays It's in. an incredible match. He, it plays into this match, and we'll talk about that. But it this is also something like, okay, not only are we going to talk... When, the main storyline we're going to talk about in a second, but one of Akira Tawi's goals is to... I got I want revenge 
for this Champions Carnival final. I was almost there. I could have beaten Masawa. So he wants he wants revenge on Masawa. So this is a you know like this is something you have to keep in mind when you go into this match. And finally, and the most important story that that we're going to go to is the story of Toshiaki Kawada wanting desperately to beat his his former best friend, the guy who got him into all Japan for wrestling, the white guy he went to high school with. Yes. But now his bitter rival, and and a bitter rival. Yeah, like I don't know when it went really south personally for these guys. I don't know if it was in 1995, but he he they become bitter rivals in real life backstage because Misawa is the favored son of of Giant Baba because by, Giant Baba and his wife Mrs. Baba did not have their own children, so a lot of times they thought of the wrestlers as their children, and Baba particularly thought of Misawa as his his kind of his, like his 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 substitute son because Misawa didn't have a father figure because of like his own personal history with his abusive father. So there's that those elements that go into there and there's a lot of jealousy with Kawada towards Misawa because he's the one he's the ace, he's the one getting the push and he has never beaten him in a tag match, in a singles match or anything. So Kawada has never submitted or pinned Misawa ever. In either of their careers. So you, that's something you have to keep in mind when you go into this match. He's come close, but he's never, ever beaten him. Yeah. And also, like, uh, an added thing is that when when they were... Uh, Kawada's a year younger than Masawa, which, like, doesn't mean a whole lot in their careers. But that high school dynamic, it's like a year is a gigantic difference of Masawa being, like, the senior to Kawada as well. Yeah, so there's a whole system of senpai, the senior, to and the kohai, the junior. And, you know, Kawada is Misawa's kohai and has been for for the entire time that they were in, in all Japan. Uh, coming up to this point, um, he was, he's the second in Super Generation Army. Misawa's the first. Like, he's the guy that, you know, Jumbo Suruta would be beating in, in, in matches to, like, fuel the the kind of like the program between him and Masawa, like between Jumbo and Masawa. So he's in that role, but now he's the rival, but he's still, you know, Baba's clearly like, I'm not ready for Kawada to, to beat Masawa. And I, this is actually a storyline of like that kind of plagues him, like Kawada's career throughout the entire time Baba is still alive because, you know, he never really gets that definitive singles win if you listen to the quad episode biography episode me and dylan fox we go through like kind of like how we feel about baba never really fully pulling the trigger with with kawada like but he does with kobashi later on in the decade but he never really fully does because like a lot of the wins that kawada gets over kawada over masala are kind of bullshit and they're like well that's not really a definitive win but not to, t- I don't want to get too straight, too far from from this particular matchup, but this is like that's something you have to keep in mind. Kawada really, really wants to beat Masao to the point where he's willing to do things that maybe he normally wouldn't do with other opponents. He's willing to do in this match against both Kobashi and Masawa. Yes, I. Uh... For reference, I I watched this match uh, a couple days back, and then I watched it a second time uh, before before we recorded. So I kind of had one where I'm like watching it and like semi taking notes, and the other just like full on watching it. And yeah, I I think like that tension that you outlined is there from the minute the bell rings, and Kawada's presence 
you know everything about what this guy is fighting for from the second this bell rings and that this guy is um like his demeanor is so uh it, it just transcends the, the the entire venue and sets the tone immediately so before we get into this match, I want to talk briefly about like previous matches these two teams have had with each other. Uh, June 1st, 1993, uh, Holy Demon Army defeat Masao and Kobashi for the tag titles. December 3rd, 1993, uh, Masao and Kobashi uh, defeat uh, Kawada and Tawe for the tag league finals and the tag team titles uh, at that time because they were like, they would vac- the champions would vacate them and put them up in the tournament. That's usually how Baba would book the real world tag league. Uh, May 21st, 1994, uh, Kobashi and, uh, and Masao win the tag titles from Kawada and Tawe. Uh, November 25th, 1994, a 30-minute time limit draw in the world, real-world tag league match, the, the round-robin portion of the uh, tournament. And then just before this match, January 24th, 1995, a 60-minute draw for the tag titles, John. So this is, they, these teams have a very storied history, uh, very much in keeping with like other great tag team rivalries throughout the world, including the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express, the British Bulldogs versus the Hart Foundation and so forth and so on. Yeah. And I mean, the pressure is ex- it's exceptionally high at this point to, to top like these, like th- there's a lot going into this match of that history and and coming off that that sixty minute draw of what what you're going to do next to to further this, um, it, it really is remarkable when you look at the the progression too of of those matches that you just outlined to this one. And also something we have to keep in mind is that at as of you know six nine ninety five, Masao is not only the tag team champions with Ken Kobashi, he is also the current reigning and defending triple crown heavyweight champion so there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of benefits if you pin the champion in a tag match you usually automatically get a title shot so there's that kind of added incentive to not necessarily beat kobashi in this match but to beat masawa in the match so keep that in mind as as we talk about this and as you watch this and you go back okay by the way this would be a great point to just stop go back and watch the match and then come back as we review it so because for now we'll, from this we'll, point on, we'll, we'll give you 45 minutes for, from this point on there are spoilers, and don't complain to either John or me about. There's no such thing as a 27 year old spoiler. Okay, you've had your time. Not, you know, there are people out there who are gonna just say, oh, "I didn't know that was gonna happen. that was a cut." Anyways, anyways, anyways. So we start the match. We start the video. Holy Demon Army come out first to the strains of of Kawada's theme song, "Holy War," Volume Two. This is the version two of this. My song. favorite volume. Uh, Tawei is wearing a very cool red ring jacket, and Kawada is wearing his own T-shirt. You got to respect the hustle of this man. It's like, you know what? This is going to be an important match for me. I'm not wearing my ring jacket, my yellow green jacket, or my black jacket with the yellow trim. I'm going to wear my cartoony Kawada t-shirt, Dangerous K. Every, I, I'm surprised after the match, John, he didn't tell people, go to the merch stand. They're still not available. The Polaroid stand in 1995. That's right. But uh, it, it, it is really cool. Like the, when, when you have like the four of them all in the ring and just how distinct, like, the outfits are, the colors, and just seeing them all, all together. Um, I, I just think, like, it, it just really stands out. Like, like the branding, for lack of a better term, um, that, that's always brought up with, like, the, the color patterns. But you see all four of them together. It just gives, like, each one has their own identity that you yeah, establish. Yeah. I remember just being like, who's the guy? I, I'd ask, you know, Mal, like, who's the guy in the green and the silver? That's Masao, brother. 
who's the guy in the, the yell, bro, that's fucking Kawada. What the fuck? You don't know who Kawada is? Like, anyways, that's that's enough of my mouth impersonation there. But next to come out are the Super Generation Army, and they're coming out to the to the, the lovely strains of Masao's theme song of Spartan X. I love this theme song. I think it's so awesome. Like, I, I'm a big fan of all the theme songs from this era of All Japan for Wrestling, but Masao is, is, I think, just so just so perfect for him. Yeah, I think I think like all these themes, like they're they're, they're so synonymous. And I mean, uh, th- this crowd, like I'll, I'll bring it up a lot, but man, it's just uh, such an electric uh, feel. As soon as this match begins, and it just follows throughout the show, like th- this crowd is just it's it's unbelievable. Their 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 reactions at all the key moments, and then uh, we'll get into it by like the climax of the of the whole thing. Uh, Misawa and Kobashi are wearing their respective ring jackets, just so people know. So they they like Tawei don't don't have the the, the merchandise hustle of Toshiaki Kawada, much to uh, their you know their their the detriment of their wallets in the, in this case. They, they've so. got they've got Akiyama to go you know hustle at the <laughs> at the intermission. He's probably he's in the corner, which is which is great to see for 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 this match for these guys. So he's he's still kind of like yeah, it's still a young boy. He's not he's not quite. Getting the elevated push from from Giant Baba for here, uh, we do notice like so all four in the ring. We do notice that Kenakabashi's leg, his left leg in particular, is heavily bandaged up. This apparently is from uh, from a six man tag from April fifteenth at Corken Hall, which saw uh, you'll love this team, John. It's it's Toshiaki Kawada teaming with Takao Mori and Johnny Ace, of course, John Laurinaitis, yep. and they're taking taking on the team of Kenakabashi, Jun Akiyama. And Stan Hansen. What a six man. That is a that is a six man, if there ever was one. Yes. So I gotta say, I'm not sure if this was a legit injury or if this was part of an ankle leading into this match. If if it's legit, holy crap, like Kobashi is a is a beast for, for what this the uh, you know the beating he endures in this match. This was like his like, whole hamstring that was that was taped up. Um and and it's definitely a big focus of uh, of the match. So I mean, um, yeah, I mean either the greatest seller, which I mean some might assign that label to Kenta Kobashi, or uh, or just toughing it out and and go, uh, going through with this. I think we'll talk about this, but like let me just say this, get this out of the way right now, John. I think Kenta Kobashi is easily top three baby faces of all time. What I love about this, this match, it's it's so pronounced, the dichotomy between Kobashi, who is just, you live and breathe, like live and die through every expression. He is going to convey every ounce of pain. And then you have the stoic Masawa, who it's just, this is all like business. And he is just going to walk through fire in this match. But both, it works so well playing off of one another, like two completely different versions, but both serving its function. It, it complements the other so well. Our referee is legendary Ultraman referee Kyoi Wada, looking much younger than uh, we're used to seeing. If, if you've only started watching Ultraman in the last couple of years, you'll be seeing a, a very young man. Kyo the, these matches take it take their toll on on the referee too. I mean, exactly. This is, uh, but you got you got to be ready for to go forty five hard minutes here with these four. I, I want to say this about Kyoi Wada. Like, what makes him a great referee, in my opinion, is like I I don't notice him. I never matches. noticed him in this match. Until it's necessary to notice him, and that's usually when he's counting it because he's a great like pinfall counter. He jumps down, he start, he pronounces all of his counts. He's, there's a nice steady pace to his count. 
He's one of my favorites of all time. Um, not a huge fan of him these days, but at this point, I think he's the best rep in the entire business of professional wrestling. But the, getting to this match, so we have Kawe and Kabachi starting for their respective teams. There's a bit of a back-and-forth offense and defense from both men early in this match. Uh, Kobashi does a couple of arm twists, and Tawe immediately done. He immediately kicks at the bandaged left leg to get him to release this hold. Yes, this is immediately establishing the uh, the, the injury to Kobashi, and then um, uh, y- you can get to it here. When, when Kawada enters, this is when the match immediately goes to another level. But what's interesting about this is that, you know, he does this. This is, this is kind of a show of bad sportsmanship on Tawi's part. And this crowd lets him know it. Because oh, they, they're, I mean, they it establishes it. it right away. Like, they are not going to give an inch here on Kobashi. And their argument would be that, listen, you have walked in with a target. And we are going for these championships. And you have given us an opening that we are going to gladly take. It is basically painting a big, you know, bullseye. On, on your body part, if you if you come into a, a match, as Jesse Ventura would say, you know, like that, that's a target you gotta exploit as much as you can. That's, so, it's it's the old like MMA trick is like if you have a bad knee, you tape up both knees, so your opponent fifty fifty shot, you're going to go after the right one. If only if only Kobashi was watching MMA at this time. Come uh, on, man, psychology. Uh, so Kawada does tag in, and they trade chops with one another, him and Kobashi, until Kobashi is able to reverse an Irish witch, uh, an Irish whip, which allows Kawada to cheap shot Masawa, on, who's on the apron, and knock him off with a kick to his face. And again, Kobashi is great. He's just like, "What the fuck did you he, just do?" He is aghast. He is like, "You piece of shit." It is awesome. Like this match, you're all in within minutes of this match. Kawada is in. He's not fucking around. And he just does this ultimate act of disrespect, booting his his former mentor right off the apron. And it sets the whole tone for this match. You understand exactly what this guy is is fighting for. And you have you have a line. And you are you you are picking your side right now of whether you condone this or it's just completely reprehensible. I, I thought this was an amazing start. And I would say 90% of Budokan Hall is is equally aghast. And they and they get, they let, they verbally let Kawada know about it. But there are people who are like clapping for this because they they love them some Dangerous K. And they want Dangerous K to win. They want Kawada to, to beat Masao. There's a, a quite a quite a lot of a large percentage of the fan base who want to see like Kawada ascend to the same level as Masawa. So um, they, uh, you know, Masawa recovers, gets back on the apron. He tells Kobashi, tag me in. I want to get in. I'm going to, I'm going to beat this motherfucker now. So they, they, he comes in, they lock up and they transition into one of their signature strike exchanges with Masawa relying heavily on his elbow strikes and Kawada going for chops and kicks to the face uh, in a mirror of what he did earlier. This, I love this part, John. It Kawada, is Kawada cheap shots Kobashi off apron with a kick. And it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Great. It's awesome. It's like e, if you were like the ultimate K- Kawada apologist, maybe you're saying, man, he's just he wants this win over Masawa. But deep down, he's got to have a conscience about what he's done. This is him just doubling down. He's like, no, I hate these people. And he just goes for it again and does it to Kobashi as well. Um, dude, Kawada is the best prick 
in this match. And to he me, it's, it's listen, you, you can, you can pick your, your, your favorite person of this match. Everyone has their different moments, but God, I thought Kawada was just in these, these opening minutes uh, in terms of establishing the tone of the match. This was pitch perfect. Uh, Kobashi rolls in all pissed off and Tawe jumps in to ride back up to his partner. Like, like a great friend and partner should do. The tension between these four is ratcheting up minute by minute of this match, John. And we're not even like the, what, we're not even at like the 10 minute mark. Not even. At, yeah. at, this, at this point. Um, Tawe tags in and uh, Misawa knocks him down with an elbow. Kobashi comes in and continues the advantage for his team with a flying shoulder tackle and a rear face lock on Tawe. Uh, Kobashi continues the attack on Taiwei with more chops and, and hits his own high kick to the face. Uh, Masao and Kobashi take turns tagging and getting the heat on Taiwei. So they're, they're in control. Super Generation Army are getting their heat segment on, on uh, Kira Taiwei here. Uh, Masao sends Taiwei to the floor and goes for his elbow suicida, which sends Taiwei scrambling out of the way. But it's all a ruse, John, as Masao flips backwards back into the ring and Kobashi is waiting to knock down Taiwei, who's on the floor. The flying shoulder tackle from the apron. Kawada, because Masao's rolling back into the ring, he does another back roll. Kawada sees this. He gets into the ring. He's not going to fucking cheap shot this guy right behind him. But no, Masao anticipates this and levels Toshiaki Kawada with an elbow to his face. This is a yes. great sequence. I love it. It, it, it was a great, uh, great portion. Have you have you gotten up to the, uh, did you skim past the, uh, the Boston Crab spot yet? Or is that still to come? I don't think I've gotten to that. Okay, then uh, let's. Uh, then I, then I will. Uh, I will sit back. I just, I just didn't know if, 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 I, if I miss it. We can we can go back. Well, well whatever. Just you, you keep going. I'll I'll bring it up at some point. If if. You uh, so from this point, Kobashi holds up Tawe on the floor, and Masawa does indeed go for the elbow suicida and hits it this time. I I love this. It's like to me, it's 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 beautiful to see Masawa do the elbow suicida, and to me, it's like you, you don't really expect it from a guy of, of his size. Uh, so, like, anytime he executes it, and, and there are times where he just will send somebody over the over the guardrail into the third row, and that's wonderful to see. But this is just great. He just hits Tawei with this, and, it's, again, it's, he's, he, I, I feel like Masao is trying to get, like, a lot of his big moves out of those way because it's not his story. Like, in the, at least not for his team. Right. For his team, it's Kobashi's story. And I think that's it's 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 clear that he, he knows this, and he knows that this is actually Kawada's story. This 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 match. Yeah, but I mean, especially if you were like a lot of the most recent stuff with Masawa that that I was watching was like towards the latter stages. And we when we go back to '95, and you're watching him, he's 32 at this time, and just the smoothness, the spin kicks that he's just throwing, and like. The, the the athletic the the athleticism of Masawa like you see that like d- diminish in the years to come but seeing him here in 1995 I mean he's just um it's like like it's his peak form at at, at this point I think about like who's active in in wrestling throughout the world at this time Liger Masawa Bret Hart Shawn Michaels and you know like people who discover like you know all Japan maybe. At this time, they must be like, "Holy, who is this guy?" Like to me, he's he's like an equivalent of like in Japan, he's like the equivalent of Bret Hart. What Bret Hart was to American wrestling, I think Masawa was to to Japanese wrestling. And and there's you can make a lot of similarities to these two. It's it's unfortunate that the only singles match they've ever had 
against each other is, is so boring. It's the one everyone brings up because when you first hear, oh my God, they had a match when he was a Tiger Mask too. And you watch the match and it just seems like it's these two styles that it just, for that night, the one example we have, it just, it, it didn't gel when you hear those two names having whatever it was, a 20 minute match. Yeah. Uh, so back to this match, uh, Super Generation throw Tawai back in the ring and they do a double suplex to him. Uh, Kobashi is now legal and goes for a top rope tackle, but Tawai steps out of the way, uses Kobashi's own momentum against him to drive him into the mat. And this is, this is, this is, this is where it turns up, John. Kawada takes in and now he's starting to kick away at Kobashi's. Oh my God, life. these kicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's elbows and a kick to the face. To knock Kobashi down, Kofashi fires back with a kick to Kawada's face, but the damage has been done to his left leg, which is his support leg for this kick. And he cannot handle the body, his own body weight on this damaged leg now, John. This is a great spot. This, the selling is incredible here, and they get like the close-ups of his face too. Like he's wincing in agony, and the the strikes are I, I isolated this sequence as well. It's it's tremendous. Uh Kawada twists Kobashi around and does a jumping knee drop right down the back of his leg. Uh, Kawada does a makeshift single leg crab and, and then tags in Tawei. Tawei stomps away at the leg and then he applies the scorpion death lock to Kobashi. To, to me, like the Holy Demon Army, they smell blood in the water with Kobashi and his leg all, all damaged up like this. The thing is, is like, I don't think their strategy is to, to defeat Kobashi in this match. I think their strategy is to take him out. Like, Fuck up his leg so badly that when they isolate Misawa, he cannot help Misawa out. Yeah, I mean, th- this is also the, like the, the youngest one of the four. And that definitely becomes like the gameplay. Like right from the get-go, they they established that in the very opening sequence there with, with Tawe. And this is the constant is going back to this leg and making it. I, I think that's the part where they, they are forcing the audience to... Uh, make a decision because they are, as you said, like they are not trying to just win a match. They are also trying to uh, inflict permanent damage here to Kobashi. So I think that really gets like the emotion um, up to a 10 as well. I mean, Kobashi's screams and his facial expressions are, are just amazing. Like you cannot, I, if you, this is the first time you've ever seen Ken Kobashi, you, you cannot help but feel sympathy towards this man. He, his selling is matching the intensity that Kawada and Tawei are bringing to the, this injury. And he, and he meets it with like the selling and the screaming. It's, um, it's, it's uh, just a perfect match here that just gains that sympathy so much more. Kawada comes back in and Kobashi starts to fire back, but Kawada cuts him off with some really brutal stomps to the leg. Kawada is really pissing off the fans in Budokan with his viciousness towards, you know, the, this guy who, the, you know, this guy, Kabashi, that all the fans love because, you know, he's this is, this is the time he's like really rising in the company. He's showing his fire. He's showing what I think probably Baba saw in him really early on and decided this is the path I'm going to put on him. He's going to lose the first like year, two years of his career. And then I'm going to slowly but surely build him up. And, and this match is like, I feel a point where the fans are going to, if they didn't like, if they liked him before, they're going to fall in love with him after this match, John. Yeah, I think that that was a huge, like so much of this match, like I went in like rewatching this where like the the number one story is Kawada and Masawa. But in watching it, it's like, this is as much a Kenta Kobashi story as it is a Kawada Masawa story. 
This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Uh, Tawei comes in and tries for a knee breaker, but, but Kobashi escapes and hits a back chop to the face, and then tags in Masao, who's all fired up, and just hits Tawei with a series of elbows. Masao then tries to cheap shot Kawada off the apron, but Kawada is too fast and jumps down before Masawa can hit him, uh, which is kind of a dick move in of itself. It's like, oh, I'm not going to get give the fans a satisfaction of me see, seeing me get, you know, seeing Masawa get payback on me at this point. Uh, Tawei is able to whip Masawa into the ropes, but Masawa catches himself in them and then sneaks attacks Kawada with an elbow, knocking him off the guardrail. So, you know, this <laughs> delayed delayed satisfaction is sometimes the best kind of satisfaction, John. Yes, yes, he got he got his receipt uh, midway through this match. Okay, here, here we go, John. Masala then, then gets Tawei into a Boston Crab. Yes. But, you know, while he's got Tawei in this Boston Crab, Kawada comes in and lays a kick to Masala's left eye, which was damaged in the aforementioned Champions Carnival final uh, between Masawa and Tawei. And this gets a lot of booze from the crowd. As this, along with a lot of the other, you know, Holy Demon Army tactics, are, you know, are kind of beneath the, the kind of sportsman-like atmosphere that Baba is promoting in this company. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of like, you know, heels doing stuff. This is a company that, that employed Abdullah Butcher for years and years, Tiger Jeet Singh and, and you know, and, and uh, Bruiser Brody. And Stan Hansen is quite known for, for being very brutal and, and doing kind of some underhanded stuff. But you don't expect it necessarily from Kawada at, you know, uh, so much like to the point where they they're booing this they're not used to seeing Kawada do this kind of stuff so when i'm watching this spot the immediate comparison i have watching this is the the famous kick of like akira maeda to ricky choshu when ricky choshu had uh you know what the sasori gatami or the scorpion deathlock applied and then maeda walks over and just kicks him full on. This is a full, like, legitimate kick. It's a very famous incident from 1987. So I, I brought up the clip to watch them. And, dude, they are pretty much like, I feel that that's exactly what they were going for here to, to channel that. That this is, this is Kawada almost like shooting on, on Masawa and getting, getting that emotion in the fans that he has just gone after what, what everyone knows is a real injury with the orbital and has just clocked him here with, with this kick. So it's, um, yeah, I thought it was like a really fascinating part of the match in there. Hey, Giant Baba, you know, he's an isolationist, John, like a lot of promoters in Japan at the time, but he's aware of what's going on in the, in the greater land of uh, ProRes. Uh, Kawada becomes legal, lays in a couple of Kawada kicks to the eye, and then a running high kick in the corner. And from here, he unleashes a flurry of kicks and knees to Masawa's face. Uh, Kyoi Wada tries to break it up, but Kawada is so determined to hurt Masawa in order to beat him that he pushes the referee away, the referee away which was you know kind of uncommon in all of Japan at this time. And again, this garners a mm-hmm. great reaction from the crowd. 
Yeah, totally. Like a very rare involvement of, of like Wada in kind of like the, the physicality of it all. But yeah, like the further attacking of the orbital here as the, the kicks in the corner are just uh, brutal. And then you get like you're, you're seeing Masawa like with the audience almost thinking like this guy's been taking advantage of here with this kick from like from out of his like range of vision nails him and then Masawa fires back at him and you can just see that this audience they're even more invested behind Masawa like they are right with him as he's firing back and this to me is when the match goes up another to to the next stage so like you like John's referencing there's a point where like you know Masawa just had enough of Kawada shit (laughs) he he starts blocking the the the, the strikes from Kawada and then he just launches into his own sequence of these vicious looking elbows to Kawada's face and we got to talk about Kawada selling. The, the facial selling when he's getting hit with these elbows is just on another level. Like Ken Kobashi, along with like Shinjiro Tani, are just next level facial sellers in all of wrestling for me, John. Yeah, I mean, you really get to see like the like the gamut of everyone's game in, in, in this match, and this was like this was like the key selling moment for uh, Kawada in this, and it was it was. Like you, you hear about like timing and like the timing of this, like they, this came at like the perfect point where like, man, Masawa has taken so much in this match and you just want to see him uh, mount a mountain offense on Kawada. And it comes at this point and man, is this crowd ready to see it at, at this point after Kawada has taken all of these uh, di- different shortcuts and like Masawa is just your, your ultimate defender at this point. So this brings in Tawe to interfere but Masao is able to stagger him with his elbows. And then Kobashi comes in to attack Kawada. Tawe is able to throw Masao to the ground and then hits Kobashi's leg with this beautiful drop kick to his knee, which, you know, which, which to me is, I don't know why, but I was just surprised that he, he hit this like kind of basement drop kick to, to Kawada's, to, to Kobashi's Kobashi, knee. And, yeah. and I'm just like, that is so beautiful looking too, but it's just the way it makes so much sense, John. Like, okay, I got to cut this guy off. Go for the light. I'm gonna do a drop kick too. But then he follows it with one of my favorite spots of the match where he drops Masawa onto Kobashi's leg. I oh. thought this this was just the best. It was my it was my Tawe highlight of, of the match where just the insult to injury of dropping Masawa onto his partner's injured leg. I thought this was just tremendous. So we're gonna to get to that. So sorry, and, I'm and that is, here. no, 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 not not at all. It's like it's such a great spot. But but now Kobashi's leg is is fucked, and so is Masawa's left eye. But this, despite the series of Kawada kicks to his face, Masawa rises and 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 throws his elbows at Kawada. Tawe steps in to save Kawada like a good partner uh, would. Kobashi chops Tawe, but Tawe knocks Kobashi down with a kick to his bad leg. He follows up with a vicious stomp to the leg. Masawa comes to Kobashi's aid with elbows to Tawe, but Tawe grabs his by the by throat and essentially choke slams him to you know Kobashi's left leg. Holy shit, that was amazing! So that, this is a, so I think this is one of like out of a you know out of a series of amazing spots and things that get highlighted in, in YouTube videos or in, in gifs on on Twitter. John, this is is probably one of the most popular ones that people like to isolate. It's like a great moment in this match. It's a spot that I'm amazed has not been stolen just at like with with no regard that like there hasn't been more like copying of this spot in like tag matches or anything. I thought it was such a tremendous spot and I'm I'm surprised it's like it's not a more well-known like um 
spot that is remembered from such a, a classic match because I, I just thought, like, it's Tawei's big moment uh, of this match. Like, this this match is, it kind of do, does feed into a lot of people's, like, a narrative where it's really about the other three. But, like, Tawei is, like, a big part of the glue of this whole thing. And and this, to me, was, like, his, his shining spot in the middle of this. I mean, I, I, I would say probably yes, but I think he, we'll, we'll get to them, but I think he has, like, quite a few other spots in this match that annoying showcase like what an amazing worker he is and just like the the way oh yeah 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 out. yeah yeah i'm 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 overlooking something like for sure so this in this crowd john this crowd is going nuts now they're like like they are just creating so much heat and noise out of excitement for what they're seeing in we're, we're roughly like a half hour into this at, at this point and this crowd is like like they have them from the beginning but you're just seeing like the the escalation and 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 where it's and where where it's peaking, and you're getting some of these like firing up spots from Kobashi and Masawa that this audience is just losing their minds over. Uh, Kobashi is writhing in pain from all of Masawa's body weight crashing down on his leg, and this prompts Kawada to climb to the second rope, and he jumps off and once again drives his knees straight onto onto Kobashi's bad leg. You know the the strategy of of Holy Demon Army and the psychology are off the charts in this match and it's 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 not even it's, we're not even getting to the crescendo john this is not even the crescendo of the match yeah just the roar that kobashi makes at, at this point after after going down it's just the facial expressions are just next level here of um just that you know for many baby faces it would almost feel like too contrived and it's just like it, it's a testament to like the the le- the depth that this guy can go to and this audience is just so invested behind like this really is a a turning point for Kobashi I would say as like this this 28 year old that is clearly being seen as like this is this is our future and and this audience that that loves this individual I don't know if he's actually hurt or if he's selling Johnny. like there's a lot of times like I'm like that's a, he's such a great seller like and I know he's not hurt for real but like, I don't know at this point, John, if he's actually legitimately hurt or not, he could be. I, I still can't tell after watching the, this match. I don't know how many times I give some benefit of the doubt, knowing that they are coming out of the carnival. And it's probably I, I would imagine that like this, it it would be he's probably working with something would be my 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 best, uh, w- whether it's exaggerated or not. Um, but, but to their credit, like it's like it's such a focus of, of the match that it almost doesn't matter. Like this audience is completely invested in it. Kawada is back on the attack on Misawa. And now Kawada has effectively taken Kobashi off the playing field in this match. And now he and Tawe are going to beat Misawa to a pulp and, and try to now beat him. They not like not physically. Oh not only physically, John. They want to beat him. They want to they want to pin him. And I do think there is an express intent for for Kawada to get the win on Misawa. Like, Tawai's willing to let that happen. He, if he get the win on Misawa, great, because they, the, they want the World Tag Team titles. But if, if it's possible to let Kawada have the win, I think Tawai is, is, you know, that's part of the, the game plan. But they'll take the win anyway they can. Uh, Kawada hits a beautiful spinning back kick for a two count. Kawada gets Masawa in a hold that sees him digging his elbow into Masawa's bad eye. And then he goes for a jumping knee to his eye. Uh, Tawai comes in. He hits the snake eyes of Masawa and drives his face into his thigh for a two count. 
Kawada comes in and applies Masawa's own face lock on Masawa, adding insult to 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 Masawa's already injured eye here, John. Yeah, um, it, t- tremendous. Like, kind of just continues the uh the the theme that they have been establishing here of like this is not just winning the titles. This is not not even just Kawada winning. It's almost like establishing his superiority and downgrading Masawa in in the process like it is like personal here that they are introducing this and to to your other point prior as well like this is the part of the match where I think you're seeing the fact that this is about Kawada getting this this monumental victory and that is such a like that is the key to like your your peaking of this match for the final you know five ten minutes there's a great shot at this point of Kobashi on the outside and it's a great shot because you see Kobashi seconds like Akiyama and other and other guys reapplying the athletic tape onto Kobashi's left leg trying to help him try to get back into the into this match. Uh Misawa is able to mount a comeback but Kawada knocks him down with a running clothesline. And one thing I love about Kawada is that he has such a varied offense and doesn't just rely on his kicks. He can throw chops he can throw uh, clotheslines, and he uses like a much wider variety. And, but people think he's just a kick guy. He's not. He does chops really well. He's great with elbows to the face, like Masawa is. But but it's it, you know Masawa does tend to rely primarily on his elbows, and Kobashi does rely primarily on his chops and and, and the lariat as his finisher. But Kawada is just so varied in his offense, and, I, and that's one thing I really appreciate him above the the other three of the four pillars. You're disappointed he missed the super kick era, aren't you? Uh, not necessarily, John. <laughs> not, not necessarily. I say in jest. Um, Kawada tries for his finisher, which is the folding powerbomb, but Kobachi comes in just in time to save Masawa with a chop, but Tawe comes in as well to kick into the outside and then follows him to the floor. Uh, Kawada kicks are thrown and then a release powerbomb. <laughs> this is vicious. He just, oh, I think Jesus he's going Christ. for, I think he's going for the folding. No, just throws it. He no, tosses the Sawa. Just drops him. Just drops him like all his weight uh, coming, coming down on, on this, on this powerbomb. It's just, um, yeah, like this is like just getting into like, like the, some of the power spots uh, of the match that, that you're seeing and just trying to, to break these two on top of it. But uh, Kabashi returning from the floor, like you're just seeing, like like the heart being demonstrated here and he's uh, a big part of like this this uh, finale as you know he would get uh re- reintroduced in the match after being down on the floor for some time uh Tawe, uh, as as you know Kawada's you know trying to kill Masawa here Tawe in the meantime has done a knee crusher sending Kobashi's bad knee into the guardrail <laughs> this, this guy can't catch a bridge on this match uh Kawada goes for a cover but only gets a two he then stretches Masao with the uh, with the stretch plum. Great move. I love this move. Uh, Kobashi has recovered and goes to save Masao, but Tawe goes after him. That's okay because Kobashi has a lariat waiting for him that knocks the wind out of Tawe. Uh, Kobashi then starts punching Kawada to break the pole. This is really uncharacteristic of Kobashi, as he prefers using chops, like I said before. But all he should does all he, succeeds, he, all he succeeds in doing is pissing off Kawada by getting in his way of trying to beat Masawa. So Kawada goes for a lariat, but Kobashi hits his own lariat at the same time, and this knocks both of them down. And this is really when we get the stomping of the feet of the fans in Budokan Hall, and it's just this, you know, this rising sound of like this excitement from from all the fans here. 
Yeah, I mean they're they're really building the match at the, at this point, and you're seeing you're seeing like the, the further aggression of Kobashi and using the closed fists here. Like you're just you're building that intensity, um, and you're you're 35 minutes deep into this match at this point that I think the the audience knows what they're in store for, but what they've already seen, what they've set the table for, of what is this crescendo going to encompass, given what they have already um set up for for the first three quarters of the match there's a big misawa chant like the the, the crowd are firmly behind you know the ace of the company misawa is able to catch kawada in the face with a jumping kick and he's finally able to tag in ken kobashi there's a strike exchange between kawada and kobashi that starts and then leads into kawada going after the bad leg but kobashi isn't going down this time and he fires back at kawada after every strike to his bad leg. So he's, he's just gutting it through, even though like he, you know, Kawada is just resuming his attack on, on this bad leg. And the crowd is absolutely going, going absolutely apeshit here, John, over Kobashi's fire in the face of like, you know, Kawada's relentless attack against his injured leg. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, uh, I feel like a broken record, but at, at this point, like this, this crowd is just at such a peak at, at this point, And, you're you're really just getting into the uh I wouldn't even say closing stretch because there's still some some big stuff here uh to come. But yeah, the the audience, like you're almost wondering, like they're getting so high here, um, but they're just gonna keep escalating here down the stretch. Kawada tries for another kick, but Kobashi catches it and lands repeated chops to to Kawada's neck, and then fucking cold clocks him in the face. And then he cheap shots Tawei for good measure, and the crowd loves it because now Kawada and Tawei are getting their conumptionants uh, and just like they they're just like in love with Kobashi finally getting the advantage in this match after the beating he has taken uh, from these two. Uh, Kawada recovers and tags in Tawei, but Kobashi is ready and hits Tawei's leg with his own drop kick. Uh, Tawei keeps throwing Kobashi to the ground and kicking him in the face, but Kobashi won't stay down. These two just have a great back and forth sequence that Kobashi kind of wins with this running neckbreaker drop. Masawa comes in and they hit Tawei with a sort of double powerbomb move. Then they they then hit Kawada with a double elbow. So now 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 you know Kobashi and and Masawa have gotten their heat back. They're they're taking the uh, the fight to the Holy Demon Army at this point. Uh, Here's a great point. Kobashi signals for the moonsault, but he might as well signal for the, hey, come fuck me up before I kill your partner to Kawada, <laughs> who stops him and hits a jumping high kick to Kobashi's face. But it wouldn't deter the man. He had he had his he had his uh his his move earmarked and he was not gonna be denied. No, he he we'll get to that point. Kobashi tags in Masawa, who goes to town on Tawei's face with elbow smashes. And then follows up with a flying clothesline. Masawa p- uh, p- presses his advantage with a rolling elbow on Tawei and then on Kawada and he, as he tries to run in. Uh, Tiger Driver on Tawei for a close two count. Masawa goes for his face lock, but Kawada, uh, uh, on, on Kawada, but Masawa knocks him into the waiting arms of Kobashi, who's got a sleeper hold for him. And so Masawa is able to lock in the, the face lock uh, on Tawei, but Kawada frees himself. And then he frees Tawei. So uh, that's a little confusing. So Kobashi's got a sleeper hold on the not legal uh, Toshaki Kawada, as Masawa has his face lock finisher submission move on 
Akira Tawe. But Kawada frees himself from Kobashi, and then he frees Tawe from Misawa. Uh, Misawa tries to fight off both members of the Holy Demon Army, but Kawada hits him with this vicious backdrop driver that, you know, just just is, is unbelievable at, at this point in the match. And, and a lot of times people will complain about, like, kind of the spamming of these kinds of, like, uh, high-angle, like, back suplexes, but they're, they're not super common in this match. They actually very judiciously and, and economic with them. I, I think they're like, you would be very surprised watching this match that they are very judicious with them. I think like there's, there's a very small number in this match and not really indicative of what you naturally associate with the, with these four. So keep in mind at this point, after he hits his, when he hits his backdrop driver, he's not the legal man in the ring. So Kawada wisely rolls out of the ring in order to try and get tagged in, but Kobashi comes flying out of nowhere and knocks Kawada off with a flying shoulder tackle. This is great. Uh, Kobashi tags in, hits a German suplex for a two count. Kawada stops Kobashi from hitting the moonsault again by choke slamming Kobashi off the turnbuckles. Uh, Kawada tries for the backdrop driver on Kobashi, but Kobashi shifts midway through and gets a two count on Kawada. He then hits Kawada with a side suplex. Uh, Kawada tries for another moonsault. But Tawe stops him. And while these two are tied up with each other, Misawa comes in and hits a diving body press onto Kawada. This sets up Kawada uh, for Kobashi going for the moonsault on Dangerous K. But Kawada stops him from getting to the top turnbuckle. Uh, Misawa scoop slams him and hits a senton on Kawada. And this allows Kobashi to finally hit this beautiful moonsault for the one, two, no, Kawada kicks out, which... You know, like this is also Kobashi's finisher at this time, and and uh, for Kawada kick out of this, and and but also let's say how amazing it is for Kobashi to hit this with all the you know all the damage he has taken in this matchup to this point, John. Number one, it's a gorgeous moonsault, but it means so much more from watching this guy's leg get just decimated throughout this match that this audience is seeing like this is this guy going for broke that on this one leg. He knows that if I can hit this, I might destroy my leg further, but this this will end it for us. And that's the risk he is taking. So it's like a very significant sacrifice that Kobashi is making uh, in this with like the one leg and it it doesn't ultimately keep, uh, work out for them. Uh, Masawa comes in and tries to uh, put on the tiger suplex that is blocked. There's a tiger driver blocked. But Kawada can't block Masawa's release German suplex that sends Kawada to another dimension. Uh, this is a vicious release German suplex from, from Masawa on Kawada here. Uh, the Tiger suplex is finally hit for a close two count. The Tiger driver is hit, but, you know, Tawe saves Kawada in the nick of time with a kick to Masawa's face. This is a great save because you you, you got to think, you know, the, the release German suplex, the Tiger suplex, they didn't do it, but this Tiger driver, which is one of Masawa's signature finishers this is going to do it for kawada but thank god for kawada that tawe is there to kick masawa in the face effortlessly like just just extends the foot and just blasts him in the face with like just just su- su- such ease as well here's another key spot john so tawe blocks masawa well and then he he hits a vicious chop to masawa's left eye and then follows up with his choke slam the nadoa otoshi this is a great sequence here because it's just, again, it's just like, what a dick Akira Tawe is to just like, just just chop him right in the, the, the eyes. It's great. 
Never, you never uh, expect a chop to the eye. No, I don't think I want to get chopped in the eye. I don't want to get punched in the eye. I probably want to get chopped less in the eye than I would get punched in the eye, I think. But who knows which one's worse. Tawei sets up Masao for the top rope. Nodoa Toshiba Kobashi comes to stop it. Kawada runs in and launches a kick to the bag, bad leg yet again. And Kobashi just crumples down in agony. Tawei then hits a top rope Nodoa Toshi to Masawa. There's a big Masawa call again, but Kawada blocks an elbow, punches him in the mouth, and then hits the kapo kick right in Masawa's face. <laughs> what a sequence. Oh, Kawada is so smooth. He's so smooth with his kapo kick. Like, you know, the two guys here doing the kapo kick in Japan so, so amazingly well are, are Kawada and Jusha Thunder Liger. And, and I, there are times where I'm like, dang, maybe Liger's is better. Maybe Kawada's better. On this night, Kawada's, Kawada's kapo kick is, is definitely better. It was, it was a hell of a kapo kick. Yes. Uh, where am I here? Okay, so uh, Misawa rolls away from Kawada, but unfortunately for him, He's rolled himself towards Tawei, who's on the apron, and pulls Masawa out there as well. So in order to escape Kawada from pinning him, he, he had inadvertently uh, puts himself in the clutches of, of Dynamic T, Akira Tawei here. Uh, this is setting up the super Nodoo Otoshi from the apron to the floor that Tawei hit on Masawa in the Champion Carnival match earlier in the year. So I, I love all these, like, callbacks john like yeah we you know like this is before i think that phrase got kind of, kind of like popularized in in like the last several years and probably in new japan for wrestling of all the callbacks from you know kata versus tanahashi naito versus goto da 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 but th- there's so many callbacks here like but you know i don't think people necessarily realize their their callbacks it's like oh that he did that to him in the champion carnival final, he's gonna do it to him again in this tag match. So and you gotta you gotta keep in mind, everyone in this crowd has probably seen that match, whether they were there live in person at Budokan themselves or watched it on on television. So they know what this means if if Kawe is able to hit this move on Masawa John. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like the like the the whole thing with, with the eye is like like this audience is like invested in that, knowing like the the history of it and 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 what you're following up on here. And I I'm always like curious, like not speaking the language, like how much the like the commentators are paying attention to to that stuff and tying it together uh for for the viewer, or if it's just left for um you to put those pieces together. I'd so from when, when, you know, with my limited Japanese, like I, I'm able to pick up things here and there, like they, they are always constantly referencing past matches, whether right. it's against like these four against each other or something that might've happened on the tour before against like, you know, like Steve Williams did something to Tawei or Steve Williams or Stan Hansen did something to Kobashi earlier in, in, on the tour. They, they bring these things. These, these are tied in to the story that is being presented to the television audience. Who you know, which is very important for for you know all Japan and New Japan at this time. It's like not only do you have to tell a story to the crowd, and it and it's a it's a it's a box office business in Japan and at this point, but it's also like we want to get more people to come in here and watch this stuff. So we got to present a great television product, and that's really dependent on the kind of the story that the commentators are giving you. And and yeah, they are referencing things that happened between Tawei and Misao in the Champions Carnival final. So this is this is just really great work from from them and like my I'm not definitely not fluent 
in Japanese. Maybe we'll get we'll get uh, I get Karen Pearson to to watch this match and ask her. Did they did they mention that? But I'm pretty sure they do. Um, but uh, uh, Kobashi tries to stop Kawe from hitting this deadly move to to Masao, but Kawada kicks his leg from underneath him. Uh, excuse me. Masao struggles against Tawe on the apron. Excuse me. <clears throat> but Kawada comes in from behind and hits Masao in the back of the head with a lariat. And then Tawe hits the choke slam from the apron, from the apron to the floor, driving Masao like, I don't know, what, 10, 12, 15 feet in the air or something? What do you think, John? Uh, on, on this one, uh, I would say like this. I thought they maximized this this spot because this looked like a relatively like safe choke slam to take. Like he, he got him up and just dropped him on like the the padding on the floor. To me, it was like uh, of this of the uh, drops that I've seen Masawa take in his career. This one was like maximum drama, minimum uh, impact. Um, sure. I mean, we're talking relatively, right? Like comparatively relatively. To, to, to like a lot of the bumps Masao has taken over the years. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, there is a point in real reality that, that Tawai doesn't want to actually hurt Masawa too badly. Like he wants to try to protect him, but it's a great looking move. And, you know, like, you know, who else knows this is like a great looking move, John Kenikobashi, because he knows Masao is completely fucked at this point. And, and this is like a great moment. He crawls over, like he's crawling on his hands and knees to over awesome. to where Masawa is to protect him with his own body. Tawe throws Masawa back into the waiting Kawada who's inside the ring, but Masawa by instinct keeps rolling through to the other side of the ring. And, and you can see just Kawada desperately chasing after him, trying to grab him to so like pull him back to the center of the ring to get uh, you know a clean one, two, three. But yeah, this is another great moment. It's just the desperation on both Masao's part to save himself and Kawada to, to to try and get him to just to, just to get that one two three and end this match, John. Um, you could you make out what Kobashi was telling Masawa there while he was shielding him? It's like I think we're fucked, dude. He said, "Masawa, son, two thousand three, you're gonna wish I choke slam you off the apron because there's a tiger <laughs> suplex coming for you in this very arena." That's right. And that's what I'm comparing it to when it comes to like apron spots. The choke slam wasn't so bad, but no, um, nonetheless, no, um, they would, they would certainly, Kobashi and Masawa would certainly um, up the, uh, the ante when it came to uh, their, their big collision in Noah. Yes. Which I, I reviewed with Martin Bushby on this very series. Go check that, that, that match review. Uh, uh, try, yeah. Kawada trying to stop Masawa from escaping him is with no luck is amazing. Uh, Kawada does, does roll him back in, back into the ring, and Millie goes for a cover, getting a two count here. There is a folding powerbomb attempt, but Kobashi grabs Masao's leg to stop him from going up. Tawe has had enough of Kobashi's meddling bullshit and hits a Nadoa Toshi. While at the same time, Kawada hits an incredible folding powerbomb for awesome. the, for, a, for a two count that Masao kicks out of, and this is just the the, the timing incredible, especially considering like you know Kawada. And Tawe are probably both fucked a little fucked themselves in this match. Yeah, I mean, everyone at this point, it's sort of like you're you're upping like the like the the big dangerous spots of the match as these four. Like that's it, this match is pretty much a war of attrition at this point of who is going to still 
be standing at the end of this and you have Kobashi and Misawa that are holding on by by a thread from all the damage to Kobashi's leg. And now Misawa has just taken the, the Nodawa off the apron as well. And you're just watching Misawa. And I think this audience is starting to believe, could this be the, the night that Kawada beats Misawa? Because you have done such a convincing job of this guy being right at, at the brink of defeat at this point. There is a second attempt at the folding powerbomb, but Masawa's, Masawa powers out of it. But Kawada starts stomping on Masawa. And in probably the greatest act of self-sacrifice in wrestling to, to ever take place, John, Kobashi once again crawls over to, to Masawa's prone body to protect his friend and partner by taking the blows meant for Masawa. And this is this is probably the other famous spot in the match that gets like gift and memed a lot. And, and just reference to 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 no end uh, when when people talk about this match and the way that they take their attention away from Masawa, like go back and watch this, and suddenly they double they grab Kobashi, each grabs him by the arms. It's like they're pulling him away, and then they just they lift and drop him, and it's like this just it's like they're just out here to destroy. It's this unbelievable moment where here is Kobashi just trying to save Masawa and shield him, and they just rip him off. It's they it's, ri- <laughs> it's great. The struggle, the struggle from Kobashi to just get back on top oh, of that's Masawa it. That's is it. so like, amazing. But you know, Kawada and and you know Tawe, they're like, okay, fuck this guy, and they basically erase him out of existence with the choke slam, backdrop driver combination. <laughs> That is, oh my God. Come on, Kobashi's like, you know what, Masawa? I tried. I tried. I'm done. Uh, Masawa, uh, however, is able to rally against Tawe, hitting a rolling elbow on him. But Kawana comes in with a running, jumping kick, the Gamangiri to his fucking face. And then he goes for the pin, but he only gets a two count, John. It's unbelievable. Yeah, this is like right to the eye. He's like tying it all back together. Like that is... Um, and Masawa is just like can barely get to his knees to get up. Um, it's yeah, just it, it's a terrific spot where yeah, it's like Masawa's struggling to get up, and when he finally does, boom, gets kicked right in the face. There's a desperation elbow from Masawa, but to no avail as Kawada hits the backdrop driver one to kick out another Gavangiri, and now to the folding power bomb that drives Masawa into the mat with Kawada on top of him for the one, two, and three. And John, in 42 minutes and 37 seconds, Toshiaki Kawada, Akira Tawe have once again become the All Japan Pro Wrestling World Tag Team Champions. But more importantly, Toshiaki Kawada has finally pinned Masawa in a match. Oh my God. And I have to say, John, I did not feel that this was like an over 30 minute match. No, I, I think you lose track of time. You're totally engulfed in it. If you want to watch this finish, you can watch it for, for the pinfall, but go back and watch it because it really hit me on the second viewing. Watch the fans when the three count is administered. They are jumping up and down. They are running to the front to get a better look of both men like this crowd is just elated at what they have seen something historically significant in it's like this audience is going wild, but to see them like, when have you been to a wrestling match WH where the fans are jumping up and down at 
the end result. Like you might get some loud reactions, but they are like they physically cannot control themselves. It's uh, it's quite the scene uh, with, with this pin, and it's um, I mean, this is um, just an all time classic match with an incredible ending and the significance of of so many different stories coming to a head with it led by Kawada pinning Masawa. So just kind of as an aftermath note, uh, Holy Demon Army have uh, three successful defenses of the World Tag Team titles against the uh, the Cannonman Express, uh, the team of Johnny Ace and the Patriot, uh, two-thirds of uh, Global Energetic and Tough John. I know your favorite faction of all time. Uh, they, I, I, th- they, I thought that was our team name. The, with, yeah, uh, sure. Like you, me, and Way were global, <laughs> energetic, and tough. There you go. Uh, we go. To, they went to, to a sixty-minute draw with Masawa and Kobashi again, before finally losing uh, the tag titles to the team of of Gary Albright and Stan Hansen. What 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 a what a mixed combination that is, Gary Albright and, and Stan Hansen. John. Yes, um, but the, but there you go. Um, not 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 the longest reign that they had, but also would not be the the final meeting between uh, Masawa and Kawada. No, uh, because Kawada, because of of the fact that he he got the pinfall on Masao, who is a Triple Crown champion, Kawada would get a Triple Crown title shot a month later on July 24th at Budokan Hall. Uh, but he he falls to Masawa in that match. Baba's not ready yet to to pull the trigger on a singles win for Kawada over Masao, and certainly not for for the Triple Crown. Right. And and what you alluded, uh, what WH mentioned earlier about like not really going all that all the way with, with Kawada, like Kawada wins the carnival in 97 and beats Masawa. But that comes after Masawa goes to a 30 minute draw with Kobashi and then has to do the match with Kawada right after. So it's it's like a sub seven minute match. Um, but yes, they would have many, many more meetings in, in the future. And then uh, with the uh, with the Tokyo Dome show in in Noah. Yeah. Uh, which would be their last singles match of all yes. time, and uh, I'm sure I'd probably you know cover that at some point in the future. But we'll, we'll definitely t- cover a lot of the uh, Masawa Kawada matches, single matches uh, in, in the series of this show, you know, because there's so many of them, and so many of them are are so are so great. But uh, that brings us to the end of of this match review. And, and John, thank you so much. I I I get excited when I get to talk about anything with you but like this particular match i i did want to talk about it with you because because it's so historically significant i wanted to get your impressions of it but but again what what are your final thoughts about about uh this this match and and just you know this era of professional wrestling in general i mean it's it's an era that it's it's probably like the gold standard of in-ring quality that you're going to find i think this is what most are always going to to reference is this incredible period of wrestling that I, I don't know if anyone has like consistently uh, duplicated it. I also like I I I also go back and watch it, and I'm sometimes torn when I'm watching Masawa matches just because of, of the nature uh, of how he died, and that like this this style did take a significant, the ultimate toll uh, for, for one of its performers and. I mean, it was very much an exchange of of your body for the enjoyment that they provided that that lives on. And you have all of this, uh, all of these tapes and matches to go back and, and relive. But, you know, you go into a match like this and if you are told this is one of the greatest matches of all time, that's like a really high praise to go into a match with. And I think this is one that will not 
disappoint you if you are going in cold, not uh, having seen it before and and getting that kind of a recommendation to it. Like this is just superb storytelling. It's these four that are so synonymous with, with this period at their very best. I think like this would be an excellent representation of of these four in their primes, um, just having an all time all time classic. Well, that, I don't think I can add anything more to that. So, uh, anyways, yeah, thank you to all the the the, the, the fans and listeners for for supporting this show for getting the t shirt. Um, we we uh, we did really successful for the the revised t shirt, John. We mm-hmm. donated uh, a significant amount of money to to Japanese Red Cross as well as Doctors Without Borders to help with relief efforts in the Ukraine. So I just want to thank you and Wei for 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 you know really putting that effort through for for that uh, for that t shirt initiative that we had back back in March, I believe, and and uh, just like hope, yeah, like I'm just really proud to be to be part of things like that here at post wrestling, John. Yeah. Uh, a really great, uh, initiative that, you know, you were, um, uh, at the forefront of. So yeah, if you, uh, if you want to check that out, it, uh, the shirt is up at uh, store.postwrestling.com. If you want to support post pro res or the long and winding Royal road, where, uh, you've been on uh, quite the string of shows, everyone getting familiar now with the long and winding Royal road. And I've, I've, I've heard some rumors of some potential guests you're trying to land. So, I, I we're, we're still working on those. You can't, you can't uh, talk about them. I, I, I will not, no, only WH will disclose, but I, I hear rumors. And if the rumors are true, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but thanks a lot for the invite, uh, WH. I think you mentioned this to me like a year ago that you wanted to do this match. Uh, I did. If I'm not mistaken. So I'm glad we got to do it a year later. And uh, th- this was a lot of fun Like to, to sit down. Like it's, it's one thing to like just watch a match. But then when you know you're going to review it, I think you're a lot more engaged and you're, you're you pay a lot more attention to uh, little things. So this was a lot of fun to go back and relive. And then we'll, we'll definitely have John back on the show sooner rather than later. It won't, won't be another year. We'll try to have you on uh, before next, next June. John. Yes. We'll go through uh, J- Johnny Ace versus uh, X. We'll there find you go. We'll find Johnny him. Ace versus uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Wolf Hawkfield. If that <laughs> match ever happened, we can get you to cover that with me on this show. Um, where can people find you, John? Uh, postwrestling.com is where you can go and uh, and chat with WH every month. You know, as of this recording date, John, I, I, I'm i going to do another show with Wei Tang in about half an hour. You are you, you are the true, uh, the, the Iron Man, uh, as you are uh, doing back-to-back shows here. A, a true champion is WH yes. Park, so I will not keep you any longer. Uh, but thanks a lot for the invite and having me on. So, yeah, thanks, thanks to John again. Thanks to all the listeners. Uh, I'm going to do, uh, you can also find me uh, on Post Perez. Uh, usually with John, so I like we'll uh, we'll have to schedule uh, our next episode of that for the month of June. Uh, and see you later, which I used to do with waiting, and yeah, like other things as well here and there. But uh, I'm very happy with how the show turned out. If you if you want, please leave feedback for the show over at the forums and uh, say hi to us over on Twitter. I am John Pollock and at WH Park nine the number nine and until next time i'm going to say to all of all all of you goodbye